This is the Military Bottom Line Podcast, episode 59. Honestly, for me, I, I thought I was going to be a lifer. I thought I was going to make a career out of it. Uh, for me, all my all the people I look up to in life were, you know, in the movies, like, oh, the army is so cool. The military is awesome. I was like, that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. It's funny how things change. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for tuning in again this week. If you guys are new to listening to this podcast, if this is your first time listening in, Really appreciate it if you just liked and subscribed to the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to it on any of the podcast platforms, definitely hit subscribe. And uh, if you liked this episode, then go leave a review on Apple or let me know in the comments on YouTube. But without further ado, this week I have Dan Dottie. Dan is another five pillar. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to get away from these guys. Uh, is another five pillar who just transitioned out of the army back in December. Dan did five years as a mortarman with the army out of Fort Bragg and re-enlisted to get his one deployment into Afghanistan. Dan talks about his time, why he ultimately dropped out of college to join the military what he did in the military, his transition, another incredible program he took advantage of, and what it was like to come back from Afghanistan after pretty much not knowing what was going on in the world and ultimately finding himself in the United States right at the height of COVID upon his return. Check out what it was like for him during that time and what he wishes happened instead. Enjoy. What's going on, Dan? Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm I'm excited. As we were discussing uh, before this, I've spoken to so many of your coworkers. So it's uh it's you know continues to be awesome to go around the 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 office at Five Pillars and hear y'all stories. And I'm hoping that uh, you know you share some unique opportunities, unique experiences with your military time. But I'd love to kind of like start from the beginning and hear why you joined the army in the first place. Yeah, so my name is Daniel Doty, and I am with Five Pillars Realty Group. I'm sure you've heard us a couple times. But I grew up in southern Indiana, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my whole life, I grew up, you know, playing outside, had toy guns, watching Army movies. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. I want to join the Army right out of high school. Um, but my mom was like, oh, that's not a good career for you. You should go to college, get a job. Mm. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do what you want. So I went to college for one year. Um, you know, I passed all my classes was doing great. But for me, I was like, man, I don't like school. I don't want to, I felt like I was throwing my money away. So my first year, I took a lot of business classes, finance classes, um, and I knocked them all out. And then my second year, they're like, Hey, you still have all these other classes you had to take to get your associates. And so I had like a, an art class, a volleyball class, mm. an elementary <laughs> history class. And I was like, I'm not paying for this. Yeah. And I was like, I'll join the army. So I went to my recruiter, signed up that day. Um, I joined as an 11 Charlie, which is a mortarman, infantry mortarman. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, you kind of get a, a tube and you shoot high angle explosives. Um, right so I came in, went to basic, went to airborne school, came over to the 82nd here at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Did a little over five years, um, went to Afghanistan one time, and now I'm a full-time real estate agent. Right on, dude. That's a, <laughs> it's a good, like, blazing through the story. Let's uh, Let's back up a little bit and kind of talk about you know, when you were talking about joining initially and your, your mom basically shot you down, uh, did you go back and forth with, with her much? Cause I know a lot of kids have to like convince their parents and it sounds like she kind of won initially and you went to college, but what, what was that dynamic like for you? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, I had a lot of respect for my mom and my dad, he was in the national guard. So he kind of grew yeah. up, he was super who he thought it was awesome. He would, uh, <laughs> We live semi-close to Fort Knox, so he would take me down there to the surplus stores growing up, and I would run around the woods and BDUs. So I think my mom knew it was inevitable eventually. Mm. Uh, so she was very supportive once I did it. But Right on. Did you hope to get anything specifically out of the military, or you just knew you didn't want to keep paying for college and sitting in class all day? Honestly, for me, I, I thought I was going to be a lifer. I thought I was going to make a career out of it. 
uh, for me, all my, all the people I look up to in life were, you know, in the movies, like, Oh, the army is so cool. The military is awesome. I was like, that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. It's funny how things change. <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll get to that and, uh, and how that changed, uh, later on. So kind of give us an idea. So you want, you, do you sp- specifically pick mortarman or is it like you, you picked infantry and then. Yeah. So in the army, you, you come in as an 11 X-ray. So you can be an 11 Bravo or an 11 Charlie. So 11 Bravos are what most people think of. So riflemen, you know, um, you got your M4, they got T40s, T49s, that's what everyone thinks. And then mortarman is kind of this random dude that shoots explosives that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Um, our drill sergeants in basic, we have, at 40th AG, they kind of separate us into different sides. And that's like your um, in process before you actually go to basic. But you're kind of there, like, waiting. And they're like, hey, you guys are all 11 Charlies. And I look over at my buddy. I was like, yo, what's that? My recruiter <laughs> didn't even tell me. Had no idea. Mm. Um, so we were all in shock, but I ended up really enjoying it. Okay. Okay. So for the listeners, I mean, you know, I don't, need, I don't really even know, like, how common knowledge what mortarmans do. Uh, but give us kind of an idea of like what you guys do and how long your pipeline is compared to, you know, regular 11 Bravo route. Yeah. So it's essentially the same thing. We're just, we specialize on a mortar system. So we all still shoot the same guns, but we had attached to rifle platoons as like their mortar support. So if we're on the line with them, I will carry a 60 millimeter with me. And then I also got my M4 and a full combat load. Mm. So I'm doing everything that they're doing, but carrying more weight and definitely more lethal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm not an infantry dude. So I know, from what I hear, you know, you got the one guy carrying the mortar plate, and then another guy carrying the tube. I mean, are we talking an extra 60 pounds? Or what, what are we? What are we talking for combat load on that? Yeah, so we, we have three different systems, we got the 60 millimeter, and that can be shot handheld, you can carry that. Um, then you got the 81, which can be transported um, by person, but it's pretty heavy. So it's kind of a short distance thing. And then you got the 120s. Um, and those are pretty big cannons and those got to be pulled by trucks and set down and they don't move. They pretty much sit on a base. Hmm. So most of my career, I mean, I shot all the systems. I, I was in both headquarters and on the line, um, but primarily I shot just a 60 millimeter. Um, so you can just carry that with the base plate attached the bipod attached if you want. Um, but usually you got to have at least a two man team hmm. to kind of be efficient. Right on. Right on. Okay. So then kind of walk us through, your the pipeline as far as locations go so you are from indiana you got sent to i don't even know for the army where do you guys go for for boot camp in the army fort benning georgia that's right so whether you're 11 bravo 11 charlie it's the same basic training um we just have to do a couple extra weeks of mortar training and kind of get hands on on the system and Mm -hmm. shoot a couple rounds and they send you off to your unit that's it yeah not not a whole lot of extra training really honestly right on i think it's different now yeah, so it's primarily within the unit that you're doing all the tr- the training. Yeah. Okay. So where where'd you end up stationed? Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and Fort I uh, was my first duty station, and then I also reenlisted the same unit and stayed here. Oh, reenlisted, but you did five years. Yeah, I did a little over five years. So uh, you can actually reenlist um, within like a year of your your time frame. So for me, it was almost an extension, but it was technically a reenlistment. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. how long was your first contract? Uh, it was four years, three and a half, something like that. Okay. And I tacked on a couple extra years. I did a little over five. Huh? Yeah. I mean, five just seems like such an unusual number for, you know, it to include a reenlistment. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. I've, I've met one dude that I think did a, got like a three-year contract in, in the army. And I, that's like the only time I've, I've ever heard of it. So I, I think the army kind of offers semi-unique time frames in that sense but yeah um, and it, it also depends a lot of people re-enlist you know at the end of their time where i did it still like it was like a year out or maybe even a little farther out to, mm. it was actually a re-enlistment so it just cut off the initial contract and started a new one right there gotcha gotcha so you kind of get to like skip a year almost of your service obligation rather yeah, than absolutely. tacking on new one you just kind of like that that middle year is kind of uh works for both of them essentially right yeah Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you did ultimately reenlist, but you didn't want to stay in. So talk to us a little bit about that. Like what was your career like up until the point of reenlistment and why did you decide to reenlist? Well, so for me, you know, I, I wanted to join the army. I wanted to deploy. I wanted to do what, you know, in my mind you do in the military. Sure. Um, I had spent all these years training and just playing army in the woods. Mm. But I never got to do anything. 
So then we had this deployment coming up and they're like, Hey, if you want this deployment, you have to reenlist or you're going to be stuck on rear D. So those are the guys that stay behind or like most deploys and you're just sweeping up the building, not doing anything. And I was like, ah, you guys got me. I'll reenlist. Let's do it. Mm, gotcha. So I reenlisted so I could go to Afghanistan. Okay. Um, and that was really the whole reason why. Wow. What, what year was this? Um, I went over in July of 2019 and came back March of 2020, right before COVID. Okay. <laughs> good, good timing to come back, huh? Looking yeah, forward awesome. to that. Uh, yeah. That deployment leave. And then all of a sudden I like, can't leave the barracks essentially. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was actually weird coming back. Cause where we were at, we were, um, we were super isolated. So as a mortal platoon, our platoon got split up and we had a unique, um, mission set where we got to support an ODA team over there. So I was there, uh, their mortar support. So we were very isolated on a really small cop in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. Um, we barely had internet. It only worked half the time. You could send text messages and that was it. So mm. no Netflix or anything, no browsing Safari. Um, mm. So for us, we didn't even know COVID existed. And it was yeah. like a big deal around the world and everyone's talking about it. We had no idea. Huh. I think one guy saw like a meme and was like talking about bat soup or something. Nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. We, uh, we fly back to America and they tell us on our flight back, they're like, hey, we're canceling the coming home ceremony. No parents are going to be there, no friends, no family. And then we get greeted by a bunch of doctors in masks and they're taking our temperatures. And we're like, man, what is going on? Like, this is huh. super serious. And they, uh, they isolated all of us in tents. Um, as soon as we got back, they just had cots and tents and everyone had their different phases of when they, like the, the planes they got off and they gave us sack lunches every day and we were there for two weeks. And it was a great time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's that's the, a better alternative than them saying, you know what, you're quarantined right now out in the middle of nowhere in Afghanistan. We're just going to keep you there and you'll stay safe. <laughs> you know, that that would have been like that would have been way worse. <laughs> so it's actually funny because we would have rather stayed over there. Really? Yeah. Really? The conditions they put us in when we got back were so bad. They were like, man, I would have rather stayed another two months than two weeks here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So oh, at least man. there you had a bed, you had a pillow and a blanket and we had Wi-Fi where we came back to Fort Bragg and they threw us in a tent, no Wi-Fi. We had no service, no pillows or blankets. They're like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, welcome home. Welcome home. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that's a very military story right there. <laughs> it's, that is the army for you. Yeah. Um, we finally got released though. There was nice of them. They gave us um, one roll of toilet paper and they're like, you're not going to find any food um, or toilet paper, but we mm. bought you all one roll. So here you guys go. Wait, like uh, one roll each or uh, per person, yeah. Per person or how generous. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome though, because there really was no toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so talk to us a little bit about I mean, what like what what did you like? What were some of the pros and cons about you know being in the infantry, being in the army at that time frame? And are you are you happy that you dropped out of college to pursue that ultimately? Oh yeah, I don't regret joining the army by any means. I think it's um a great life lesson and everyone should mm. experience it. Mm. Um, for me, I didn't want to make a career out of it anymore, but the things I learned and got to do and the people I got to meet wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. yeah. It's not what everyone thinks when they're joining though. Um, I think Hollywood really boosts it up for sure, but you kind of go through these really crappy situations and you grow really close with your friends and they become brothers to you. And so mm. I think that's the best thing that people get out of the military is, you know, the people you meet, the friends you have for life. Um, I got dudes that got out of the army, you know, years ago, but I still talk to them on a weekly basis because we're just so close and they're on the other side of the world. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely, it's definitely, uh, worthwhile. And like, I, I find that most things in life, you know, we kind of like build something else up in our, in our mind and the expectations, uh, and very, seldomly do they actually align, you know, <laughs> expectation yeah, to reality. Uh, and so I, I feel like, you know, joining the military at a young age and like recognizing that early on uh, comes with its benefits also rather than figuring it out later, I guess. Yeah. I see a lot of kids, they do go to college um, and they spend four or five years getting a degree, but then they're, you know, 60, a hundred thousand dollars in debt and they get a really crappy job and they're stuck in this debt and they're digging their way out. Yeah. Or the army, you know, I got to make money through those, those five years. Mm. Um, now I have the GI bill if I choose to go back to school. So yeah. no debt there. Yeah. Um, so I think the army can be used or any branch can be used as a great stepping stool in life to get you ahead 100%. where most people aren't afforded that opportunity. They kind of start in a hole and they have to dig their way out. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, I, I totally agree. And that's something that I try to like impress upon people is that when, regardless of whether or not you think you're going to do four years or 20 years, like start day one, like you're going to, you know, financially be preparing for that transition out in four years. That way, when it comes, you know, either you reenlist and cool, you got a bunch of money or you get out and you're, you're ready. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like if you, you know, you had kind of a forward thinking mindset, how, how did that impact your preparation for transition? Like financially, like, were you making the moves and preparations financially to transition after four or five years or? Uh, so yes and no, I've always been very, uh, financially savvy and interested in money in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I started working at a really young age. Um, I took the Dave Ramsey program in high school. Nice. So for me, I was always like, Oh, I got to buy everything with cash, got to buy cash. So I would always save my money. I was a penny pincher. Yeah. Yeah. So when I went to college, I was paying rent, you know, I had college tuition. I was like, man, I'm broke. Yeah. Then I got into the army. I had sold my car right before I joined. So I had that, that small chunk of change. And I went to basic and I got all this money. I'm like, wow, I've never had all this money. You know, and then I go to my unit and they give me a place to stay. I got a free barracks room. Mm-hmm. And I found out, Oh man, the food's free too. Like three meals a day. They added a fourth meal. We had like a dinner chow or midnight chow. So I had essentially no bills and I'm just pocketing all this money. Yeah. Um, so in the army, you don't make a lot of money, especially on the enlisted side, mm-hmm. but you have no bills. So really you are, you know, netting more money than anybody in the workforce right now. Yeah. So for me, I, uh, I got into the stock market. Okay. And I think that's, what's really cool with the military and all these privates. They're finding like the next big thing. So like, Robin, who was just popping off, it's this free trading app. You know, this was back when cryptocurrency just came out and everyone's like, oh, this is the next new craze. And so I started investing my money. And for me, it was as long as I made more money than my savings account, you know, I was doing good. Mm. So if I can make 1% a year, that's way more than my savings account was doing. And it turns out, you know, you, you buy some safe shares and blue chip stocks. And yeah. next thing you know, five years later, I'm like, wow, my portfolio has really grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you were, you were taking some steps and like, I mean, were you actually, you know, Robin Hood's dangerous. Like, I think we can all, all agree on that. It, uh, it, it's like oftentimes like gambling, if you're just like kind of oh, yeah, for sure. just scrolling through your phone, like, oh, let me, I saw a meme. Let me go buy this stock now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for me, I had never done anything like that and yeah. I didn't know how to invest in the stock market. I always thought you had to have a stock broker, mm-hmm. but I had a, a couple of friends that were also privates. They're like, Hey man, I'm making a lot of money. You should do this. You know, I had one guy, he, he bought a bunch of Netflix and he's, you know, like an E2 in the arm and he's got like a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I'm like, wow. Like you're making a ton of money. Dude. Wow. So I, I get in on it. So I, I downloaded the app and at first it was like a hundred bucks yeah. and you know, I was like, okay, they haven't stole my money yet. Here's another hundred. And next thing uh-huh. you have 500 and then a thousand. It's like, okay, this is a legit app. Yeah. And then you start just putting money in every paycheck into it and investing. Mm-hmm. Good to go. Nice. So were you, were, were you doing much research? I mean, like, you know, I don't like, I just want to be careful not to encourage other E1s, E2s, just download uh, Robin hood and just start like throwing some money in there. Like what, what was your baseline of uh, understanding research or was it kind of like a community thing where it's like, what are my boys buying into? How's it doing? Okay. I'll jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. It was a little bit of both, honestly. Okay. Um, so at first, again, completely new to it. I was just listening to my friends what they were doing, making money. Yeah. Um, and so I actually got burnt mm. um, a couple of years ago when marijuana started to legalize across the country in Canada. Yeah. There were a bunch of marijuana stocks popping up. Yeah. And that was like the next big craze, and everyone's buying in. Sure. So, so me and a couple of my friends were like, "Yeah, dude, we got to dump all our money into this." <laughs> we start. We didn't know what company was going to take off, so we bought this company and this company and this company. And uh, one of the companies turned out to actually be completely fake. Mm. So did no research on these guys and they took them off the market and they, they brought them back up one day and sold the shares like pennies on the dollar. So I lost a ton of money and I was like, mm. man, I am never doing this again. Mm. So from there, I just, me personally, I don't day trade. I yeah. just hold long-term. So I started buying, you know, safe stocks. I bought into Microsoft, yeah. Apple, Amazon, um, stuff like that. I actually bought into Tesla years ago nice. and, uh, sold them for a loss before they actually popped off. But Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it takes, I think every, you know, everybody's looking for that one stock that's going to uh, make them a millionaire overnight. 
like some Dogecoin to the moon or something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's just not my way. I don't, yeah. I don't like being risky with my money. Um, ever since that one scenario, I think it was a really good lesson. It was really early on that, you know, I, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't lose a lot of money, but back then I thought it was a lot of money. Felt like a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it really taught me quickly to be careful what you mm-hmm. invest in and truly believe in the company and, yeah, you know, yeah, understand that there is risk involved. Yeah. Yeah. One decent loss will cause you to change your strategy a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I was like, I'm young. So every money, all the money I put in there was, I still had a checking account. I still had a savings account. Mm-hmm. So if anything went wrong, I was still living. Yeah. You have a guaranteed paycheck in the army. So yeah. all this money was like, if I lose it tomorrow, my quality of life doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would not invest your entire life savings. Sure. But for me, it was like, yeah, I'm not using it. If I want it, I'll yeah. pull it out. And even that, like, you know, I, I'd support that route over the people that kind of like, oh, like I got this, you know, these two paychecks coming in a month. Let me just buy all the toys that I want on credit. You know, like, let me just take out a bunch of loans for my truck and my motorcycle. Might as well finance my Xbox, my big screen TV. I got my barracks, you know. So at least, you know, messing around and and kind of learning those lessons with Robin Hood aren't really losing out paychecks every month for the next four years, like your entire enlistment. So, right. Um, and it, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, as a brand new private, I showed up, I didn't have a car. Yeah. I saw before I joined, um, prior to the army, I had a Mustang. So I was like, man, mm. I'm a private. I want a nicer Mustang. <laughs> um, but I waited a few months, you know, I still saved my money, still investing it. Um, yeah. I actually sold some shares, bought my car with cash. Nice. Um, and nice. used, but it had like, 20,000 miles on it. So it was pretty brand new. Cool. Still have the same Mustang today. Cool. You know, fast forward a few years later, I was still investing. I was like, man, I really want a Harley. Mm. Sold some stocks, bought a Harley with cash. See, I did, and that's, you know, that's a far better way to do it than just to, uh, yeah, take out your savings account or, or take out those loans. So I, I applaud you for, for that uh, rational thinking. Yeah. I'm really lucky, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Robin, Robin Hood gambling uh, goes well sometimes. <laughs> but right on. So, um, so where was the the tipping point for you when you decided, like, all right, I this I'm not going to do this for a career. This is it's run its course. I'm ready to go home and do something else. Yeah, I don't know if there's one instance. So when I joined. Um, I started working at a really young age and my parents instilled in me like a really good work ethic. Mm. You know, you work hard, you're going to be rewarded. Um, so the job I had before the army, like they loved me. They found out I was going to the army. They offered me a huge pay raise, all these benefits, like, you know, stay with us. Huh. It's like, no, nah, I'm still going to do this. So I, I brought that work ethic into the army. Um, and I was a real go-getter. Like everybody loved me as a brand new private. I was the first one to volunteer for stuff. I would do everything. Yeah. Turns out for me, at least in the army, you worked really hard. We didn't really get rewarded. <laughs> You know, and they just, they keep stepping on you and stepping on you. And the guy above you only cares about his career. Mm. Um, And then I was like, man, this is just busy work or we're sitting in the office for 10 hours a day. Why can't we go home at six o'clock at night? We haven't done anything for four hours. Yeah. Um, So a lot of little instances like that for me was like, this is super inefficient. We're not doing anything. We never actually get to train. We just sweep the hallways and do a lot of pushups. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you felt like you got to do all, you know, the cool guy stuff that it offered and the, just the day-to-day crap <laughs> that is, uh, you know, part of the military, unfortunately, kind of just took its, its ta- toll on you. Yeah. So garrison life is what I hated. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah. my, my best time in the military was while I was in Afghanistan. Mm. You know, we, we would shit in bags and we would, you'd piss down tubes. Yeah. Um, there was no internet. We'd shower like once a month because we didn't have running water. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for me, like the peak of my career because you got to get away from your chain of command. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was breathing down your neck. We had, you know, relaxed grooming standards. We got to chill. We didn't have to wear a uniform 24 seven. Yeah. Um, so for me and getting away from all these rules and regulations that were kind of implemented through years, it was way better. Nobody mm-hmm. was yelling at me to cut my hair. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So then you, you know, you spent, what was it a year out there? Yeah. Well, we we had nine months, nine months. And so you spend nine months kind of away from the military in a sense, even though you're employed with the military, but away from all the nonsense of the military 
and you get back, you're like, I don't want to go back to this. So what do, yeah, how do I avoid it, this? Like, can I go back to Afghanistan or do I just get out kind of thing? Yeah, so, pretty much. So that was gotcha. for me, it was like, wow, like garrison life is so bad. You know, they, as a private, they got you out there cutting grass with scissors. Um, I've seen kids literally go, I have to mop the parking lot while it's raining. Um, it, all right. So like, let's talk about that a little bit. Is it, are these like punishments? Are these, is this serious? Like somebody actually thinks it's a good idea to mop the parking lot while it's raining or is somebody laughing in the corner about this? Oh, everybody's <laughs> laughing, you know? So as a private, you, you're getting punished for something. You, yeah. you didn't know a question that they asked and yeah. you're like, Oh, okay. So this is my punishment, but it's corrective training, hazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine line there. Yeah. It makes for good, uh, good Instagram clips. You know, when somebody takes a video of some private mopping a parking lot in the rain. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it builds character. It really does. So mm. these tough situations, you, you start to hate your life, but yeah. all your buddies are right there hating their life with you. Sure. So you guys grow closer. And then next thing you know, like those dudes have your back when you do go overseas. Yeah. Um, so it, it really just builds bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing negative, but at the time, like, man, I hate doing this. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. 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 But you look back at it, you're like, man, those are some good memories. And, and it's like, what you know nowhere hopefully nowhere else are you going to be told to mop a parking lot in the rain yeah <laughs> hopefully i don't know if they do that if I'm <laughs> or not but <laughs> not yet not yet not yet right on um so then you know talk us talk to us about your transition a little bit so i mean you, you got back from afghanistan how much time did you have before you actually were completely out yeah so we got i was gone for nine months again mm-hmm. away from the garrison life got to kind of chill and do my own thing came back in March, peak of COVID. So the army shut down. We weren't working. Mm. So for months, we just didn't go to work. We just partied it up. You know, come back from Afghanistan and just getting hammered every night. Like Honestly, barracks parties because you can't leave base either or, or what? Um, so for me, I was an E5. So they made an exception of policy where I got to live off of base um, gotcha. when we came back, um, which is really cool. So I was in the barracks. But yeah, there were barracks parties going on 24-7. Um, really everyone was just kind of living their best life or worse, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. but we did that for probably like five, four or five months, maybe wow. nobody really went to work. Um, so at that point you were so mentally clocked out from, you know, people telling you what to do. So like, man, I'm so close to getting out. I'm getting out. Mm. So I know a couple episodes ago you had Camille come on here where he did the CSP program. Yeah. Well, I, I also took advantage of that. Right on. Cool. So, so as soon as we go ahead. Yeah, as soon as we uh, started going back to work, I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to drop my packet, guys, and I'm going to go intern in five closure group. Okay, so how did you know about the CSP program? If so you- for, for us, you know, on his podcast, he says it's kind of a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. But for our battalion, everybody knows about it. Really? Because nobody wants to go to work. So what <laughs> everyone's famous for is it, it always gets approved. But there's, um, there's kind of a list of things that you can sign up for. And what most people go for is like the EMT course. Mm. Um, very few people ever want to be an EMT when they get out, but it's the longest course provided. Uh-huh. So they're like, man, I can get out of work for 16 weeks and go learn this. Uh-huh. So for us, everybody knows you can do it. Uh-huh. Um, what I didn't know is you can actually intern essentially with any company you want anywhere in the country. So most people think it's just like the list provided and there's like 15 different schools or options. Um, some for like four weeks, some for like 16. Um, but no, you can do it anywhere. Wild. Okay. So, so you knew about the CSP program, but how did you know about five pillars and the opportunity to become a realtor with them? I didn't. So <laughs> okay. I, I looked at the schools that were provided and the options I had, and I didn't really want to learn anything that they had. Like, I was like, man, I gotta, I'm getting out of the army. I gotta have a job. Yeah. Did you have, I mean, were you forward thinking or were you just like, let me not be wearing the uniform for my last six months. Like give me a way out of this. And so yeah. that's why you went to CSP or did you have something specifically in mind? I was forward thinking. So most people do it to get out of work. I was like, Oh, I want to get out of work, but I also want to learn something. Mm-hmm. So I called the the counselor and I was like, Hey man, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I'm interested in getting my real estate license. Um, is there any real estate company or team that like accepts interns? And he's like, you know what? I think that I might know somebody. I don't know for sure. You know, let me send you their contact information. 
Hmm. Um, I called five pillars and they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. We love interns. We would love to have you just come on by, fill out this paperwork. And it was really cool because they had interns prior to me. So they already had the packet filled out and they knew what to do exactly how to do it. So they helped me fill out my portion, Hmm. um, get it submitted, get it signed off. And I went and played intern for a few months. So you mentioned you talked to a counselor. There are CSP counselors. Yeah. So for us, because of COVID, everything was done online to transition out of the army. So wow. they, we had these phone numbers of like guidance counselors you could call and ask questions. They're kind of hard to get a hold of. And you have to wait for hours. But so no, like no tap class for you or TRS or whatever you guys. Call yeah. It. So we we had SFL tap for us. You have to do that. And you got to complete that before you can do the CSP program. Gotcha. But you did it but, online. Yeah, it was all virtual in a virtual world and super boring. Yeah, I mean, it's boring in person, but <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable that people actually sleep through that thing. Uh, but to do it online, I, like, I can only imagine how many people are missing out on crazy opportunities. Oh, yeah, so. I didn't pay attention at all. <laughs> at all. Well, it looks like you did okay anyways, so good for you. Um, so, then, so then the counselor thing isn't really standard. It's just a kind of a COVID thing that there's a counselor. Honestly, I'm not sure because I haven't okay. done it any other way. Fair. Um, I think you're supposed to get assigned a specific counselor and they okay. kind of help you walk you through the process. Okay. Um, but as you can imagine, there's hundreds of soldiers getting out. Yeah. So you can fall in the cracks. They're not really, they don't really care what mm-hmm. you do. They're just kind of there if you do need help. Yeah. You've got to take the initiative like 100%. It's on you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got in touch with him, um, called them, signed up to this internship. Okay. So then you you had real estate in mind. Yeah. For me, I wanted to uh, start investing in real estate when I got out of the army. Okay. Um, I had no intentions of being a realtor. Mm. No idea that I would like it or enjoy it. I just wanted to cut out the middleman and kind of buy properties at a discount rate. Gotcha. Um, so I, I went there, just an intern. I wasn't licensed. Um, and they, perf- they afforded me the opportunity to actually take the school while I was interning. So instead mm. of showing up to them and doing office work for them, they would let me actually go to class and get my license, not knowing if I was going to stay or leave. Um, and they were totally chill with it. And I ended I mean, up staying and working with them. Because it's at no cost to them, right? I mean, it's kind of like right. the army's paying you to be there. They can do whatever they want with you, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And and them being a group of veterans, they they know uh, what, what it's like to be in your shoes and and try to optimize that that opportunity. Yeah. So a couple of days a week, you know, I go to class. The other days I would go in there, but you know, I worked hard for them and I did anything they asked or anything they wanted. And yeah. They rewarded me with free time, I guess. It was nice. <laughs> right on. And so because it's so like when you're flipping through the catalog and looking at all the opportunities that are kind of like built into CSP, you're seeing like EMT 16 weeks, I don't know, like some vet something like for another 12 weeks. Like most of them are for a set time period. But, right. but in your mind, you know, CSP can max out at six months. Right. And so, so how did that work with five pillars? Like five pillars, just they max out the six months, I imagine. <laughs> um, so for us, you can do it as, as long as you want or as short as you want. Okay. I didn't quite realize you can do it for six months. Um, I think I did once I finally signed up. Yeah. But I had, I think I did like three months. I started like five months out or something. And I was like, I'm going to take 60 days terminal leave. Mm. I'm going to get out because I, I had no intentions of staying in Fayetteville. I didn't think I was going to work for this company. I thought I was going to move back home or move somewhere else, go to school. Mm. Um, if I could go back, I would have done the full six months and then sold off my terminal leave. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Huh. Um, so then, I mean, I just, it's uh, the CSP program is such an opportunity if you have an idea of like kind of what you want to get into mm-hmm. to truly have a like an absolute seamless transition, you know? And so a lot of people like myself include, like I got out, went to college, did this, that, and the other thing. And it, it, it wasn't like that seamless. Like I was still trying to figure out like, what do I actually want to do? Um, and so, I mean, is there more to your transition than like, yeah, I did CSP. I became a realtor and now I'm a rockstar real estate agent in Fayetteville kind of thing. Or like what, what, what more did your transition include? I guess like, was it, was it really that easy or kind of like, what did you go through? Uh, I mean, I changed my whole life. 
yeah. based off of this. And so this is what I tell everyone to do. Um, once I realized you can actually intern anywhere with anybody, I'm like, dude, whatever you are interested in, wherever career field you want to pursue, contact a company that does that. Mm. Be like, hey, here's the paperwork. If you just fill this out, I will come work with you for free. You get your foot in the door. Um, when I was doing it, there was a lieutenant in the battalion that was also doing it at the same time. And he was about to go TDY for like two months to New York. And they hmm. were paying him TDY to go do an internship. Yeah, wow. so you can get paid TDY. And now how long it is and how much TDY you get, like it goes up the chain of command higher and higher, higher to get signatures. So you got to start farther back, but it, it's out there and it's afforded to you. So this guy like got t- uh, pretty in pay to be in New York City for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, just to go learn a skill or a trade. Unreal. It's pretty cool. Unreal, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like, that is what I continue to find. I'm in the guard now and like, kind of like almost the premise for the podcast is like continuously being amazed by the opportunities to kind of like strategize and push the envelopes of those, those programs that exist within the military that aren't really, that don't have clearly defined limits. Um, so I think like you calling, you know, five pillars and like doing that research on your own and taking that initiative uh, is kind of a, a prime example of, of how to like get the most out of those things. So, yeah. And the, the program itself was created because the army got tired of veterans getting out and not having jobs and ended up under bridges. Mm. So it looked really bad on them. Yeah. So that's why this program is there. And so fun fact, you know, even if you've got a soldier who's getting chaptered out of the army, they're still afforded that opportunity to do a CSP program. Really? Yeah. I had, um, I had a soldier who's getting kicked out. And he's like, Hey, I, I want to do this program. And I was like, absolutely, man. I'm not sure if you're allowed to, but like, let's check it out for you. And it turns out like, absolutely. You just got signed off on. And cause even if you're getting kicked out of the army and you're getting chaptered, they still want you to have a job and they still care. Like they're going to, they're going to take all your benefits on the way out, but you can do the CSP program before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah Cause it, it doesn't really have anything to do with your chain of command. You know, Interesting. it's, it's, it's true. the army as a whole is trying mm. to take care of you. Huh? Huh? So, I mean, was he get was he getting like honorable other than honorable general? I think it was like a general. Okay. You know, I'm sure there's maybe stipulations, but from my understanding, essentially anyone getting out of the army can take advantage of the program. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, even then it's like don't ever assume. Like you ne- you right. never know. So like and at that point, you know, take every last thing you can on the way out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before absolutely. you before you get screwed kind of thing. Um so yeah, definitely always always double check on that but right on so so life as a real estate agent i i know i i saw uh five pillars or shelby or somebody shot you out because you sold like seven homes in your first quarter yeah i want to say it was somewhere around seven in my first couple months so with real estate you know it takes anywhere from 30 to 45 days to close a house and in this market it's kind of hard to get one under contract Mm. so your first two months if you just start off you're not getting a paycheck so I was like, man, I just got out of the army. I got no paycheck. Um, I got my money in the stock market, but I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I got to work hard or I'm, I'm going to starve. Mm. So there were a lot of nights I was just eating ramen and tuna, yeah. you know, just grinding away. It's not that I don't have money. It's that I don't want to touch it. Yeah. So I, I did, I was working, you know, 15 hours a day. I worked harder than I ever did in the army mm. and procuring these leads and finding these people houses and selling them. Um, and it paid off. So now they're, they're kind of starting to stack. Um, I have slowed down probably a little bit because there's a quality of life difference there. Sure. Um, sure. But I, I want to say I've closed, you know, 14 homes now. Wow. A bunch and how of clients long, I'm working with. How long have you been out now? I officially got out December 12th. Um, I started 12th. real estate okay. January 1. Um, so I've been doing this, you know, about six months now. Right on. So is there a, a limitation? So you were... In CSP, you got you passed your realtor exam while you were in CSP. So I, I took the course while I was interning, and then I, I had to show back into my unit for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I was on terminal leave. Okay. And you got to take a test. Um, I didn't pay attention to the course because it was online, so I uh, failed a couple of times. So I had to keep retaking that test. So I, I passed. But. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, does that mean? Does that mean it's harder than you expected or you just truly didn't pay attention? <laughs> oh, both much. for sure. I um, I okay. went into it. I was like, man, I'm surrounded by these absolute real estate gurus. Yeah. Um, I know all the terminology. I've learned all this stuff. This yeah. test is going to be easy. Mm. I'm not like these other guys. 
Yeah. Um, so I played video games during the online class and didn't care. And I went to take a <laughs> test and I bombed it. And I was like, oh man, like Reality this is check. hard. Yeah. And North Carolina, the real estate exam is one of the hardest ones in the nation. Really? So yeah. So is I took a, a couple tries. Is there a particular reason why theirs is so difficult? I don't know. I, we have different state laws here that are kind of weird. Most mm. people that have bought somewhere else in the country and then move here, it's, it's a lot different process. Mm. Um, in our state exam, so some states don't even have a state exam, um, but or a national exam that do one or the other, and it's a lot cheaper. But our state exam is like kind of studying for to be a lawyer. It's like taking the bar exam. It's all legal and wow. the trick questions, and it's like has nothing to do with selling real estate or being a realtor. It's like how do you not go to jail? <laughs> well, that's an important part of any job. Too, uh, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> it would suck to get out of the army just to get. <laughs> Yeah. So we're, we're doing good now. Yeah. Right on. Um, so then, I mean, what is like, cause you know, I, I know a little bit about being what a real estate agent is like, but like, what, what do you spend your time doing? Is it just phone calls? Like, do you feel like you're, I don't know, I guess, give us a typical day as a real estate agent. Yeah. So it really depends, honestly, your commission base. So as much work as you put in is what you're going to get out. So you see a lot of people like, Oh, I want to do it as a side hustle or, kind of do it occasionally here and there. Well, you're not going to make any money doing that. There's a lot of fees associated with it. Mm. Um, so I'm doing it full time, hundred percent. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm swimming in it. So <laughs> a day to day, really your first step is you gotta, you gotta find clients. Mm. So for me, I started working with sphere of influence. I started reaching out to all the people I met in the military, um, whether recently years ago, it doesn't matter if they're living close to me or on the other side of the country. Um, with the army, you've got a network of people that you know. Yeah. So you know one person and he knows 10. He puts you in contact with those 10 people and just grows. Mm. So for me, I was reaching out to all my buddies. I was like, hey, man, you know, you still in the army? Did you get out? What are you doing? Checking on their life, seeing how they're doing. And you're trying to like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, man, I just got out of the army. I'm selling houses now. I'm doing real estate. They're like, oh, that's so cool, dude. Like, I'm looking to buy a house. Or my buddy's PCS mm. in a brag. He wants to buy a house. Um, cool. So I started using my social media to reach out to people and just network with people. So once you come up with those clients, it's like, all right, well now we got to schedule some houses. So getting out of the army, getting out of the infantry, never used a calendar before, you know, <laughs> didn't know yeah. what I was doing. I had to start scheduling on a calendar. Yeah. Um, started using an email, didn't know how to do that. Made a signature block. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's um, so funny. Yeah. You feel like, it's so funny how some areas when you get out, you just feel like, like decades behind, like what? What Absolutely. is a signature block in an email, you know? <laughs> yes, there was a huge learning curve, but, you know, luckily I joined Five Pillars. And for me, I tell them all the time, they were like my halfway house. Mm. Um, so transitioning from the military to the civilian world, it can be hard. Yeah, um, Civilians, they don't talk the same way as dudes in the military, especially in the infantry. It's, it's really rough and vulgar. And, mm -hmm. You know, we have a dark sense of humor. Yeah. So for us at Five Pillars, it was like, oh, these guys are at least veterans. You know, they don't care that I've got tattoos. I don't have to cover them when I come to work. Yeah. Um, it was a good transition. So now I can talk to normal people yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I know for a lot of people, it's kind of, you know, losing that community or like, you know, mm -hmm. that, that military culture yeah. uh, can be difficult. Do you feel like you never really left that military culture because you're still surrounded by, I mean, you're still in the brag area. You're still working with veterans. Um, has that, has that been beneficial? Yeah, it's definitely beneficial and helped me a lot. Um, I it is still a transition though. Yeah. So even the guys I'm with now, you know, it's it's not the same crowd I was running with. Mm -hmm. So the dudes that are still in the army, it it's a whole different mindset. I can see it now. Yeah. Um, you don't realize, you know, how bad of an environment somebody's in mm. until you get out. I heard somebody once relate to like Stockholm syndrome. Like mm -hmm. you don't really know like what how like how bad it is you know and, and you like you're kind of hesitant to break free from it and then once you do you're like whoa this is like what the other side of the world looks like um not to say that you know everything in the military is horrible but there there is just a, a unique dynamic there yeah sure. uh, it's cool because i still get to hang out with my friends because i'm still here mm. but now it's different to see like what they're going through and how yeah. that used to be day-to-day -day life yeah and they think it's normal and i'm like dude like you need to talk to someone like that's getting rough yeah <laughs> oh man yeah so i mean at the end of it all five years in you've been out now six months um i mean would you have 
would you have done anything differently, you know, in hindsight? Yeah, I would have done it differently for sure. I would have um, came into the army with more of a plan, mm. taken more advantage of the programs that are there. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you can go to college while you're in the army. Yeah. You can go to these cool schools. You can reenlist to go to college and not even show up to the unit. Mm. There's all these different things that are afforded to you, but not everyone knows them. And not every unit is going to help you or care about you, tell you. So if you kind of come in with a plan on how you're going to use the military to transition into the civilian world and get that, that stepping stone. Like, yeah. And that's what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some programs specifically that you, you wish you took advantage of, or you wish you knew about when you could have taken advantage of? I wish I had went to college while still in the army. Mm. You know, they, they pay for X amount of college credits a year. Yeah. While you're just showing up to work and just do it online. Yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't feel like I had the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, getting out and realizing how much I work now, I was like, I had a lot of time back then. Mm-hmm. I wasted yeah. away, you know, sitting in the barracks room playing some video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was fun, but I wish I had taken life more seriously to get that step ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people complain about like the lack of time. And like, I, I you know, I don't know, I don't know if it's the lack of time or like, the inconsistency, you know, like with different field ops, this, a TDY, that, that just makes it feel like you don't have much time. Um, but, you know, you have way more responsibility as soon as you get out than you do yeah. when you're in, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, for most people. And so it's just difficult when you, all you really have to compare it to is like high school and college. So you like, you feel like, oh, this is life. And like, you know, there's so much going on. I can't take college classes right now. Um, but as soon as like you transition out, you like realize like, man, that would have been the perfect time to take college classes. <laughs> yeah, it would have. It really was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like it's also different depending on your branch and mm-hmm. you know what your actual job is. I know people are in the yeah. army that absolutely love it. Yeah. They love their duty station. Um, so it's kind of luck of the draw. Sure. And if you, I guess, can take advantage of those opportunities. Yep. But if you're just sitting at home and not doing anything, just sign up for one class. You know, it's going to benefit you. Yeah. I, I encourage people to do that a lot too. Like I started with one online class and like, you know, one class, you can put a feeler out, figure out how it goes. Uh, and then, you know, if it goes well the next semester, sign up for two classes. And then like, you know, just kind of keep pushing that envelope a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to bring it back a little bit and do that, but just kind of like, it's a unique opportunity to just try everything, you know, yeah. try everything that's going to better prepare you, better prepare you for the future and that transition. So. Right on, man. Um, do do you? I mean, do you regret? You say you don't regret joining. Like you've, no, no, you've no. had a, had a good run at it. Are there are there any benefits that you look forward to using? Or I mean, do you plan on using the GI Bill? Or are you like full time real estate till you die kind of thing? You're accumulating doors. I mean, what's your what's your plan now? Yeah, I'm gonna stay a full time real estate agent for the foreseeable future. I actually enjoy it. and I'm really good at it. Um, so I may use my GI Bill one day. But if I do, it's it's going to be to learn something that I want to learn mm. and not necessarily for a career or a job. Yeah. I don't ever want to work for somebody else. I really enjoy making my own hours and kind yeah. of being my own boss. Yeah. 100%. So it's cool having it and being able to use it if I want to. Um, and I probably will use it even if I just use it to do online classes and still pocket BAH mm-hmm. for the fun of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's cool just to have that there as a safety net. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think you're in a unique position to you know, continue saving your GI bill and kind of pay attention, like where life takes you and like figure out like, okay, what's my next career I want or what am I interested in learning? Like, you know, I, I've got all these rental properties now. I'm basically free to do whatever I want. Um, and so you, you'll, you have an, you have more time and more experience to then like use that as in a most optimal way possible. Whereas a lot of people just get out, they use it just to bring home that BAH and like, sustain their life you know mm-hmm. and then they kind of finish up their gi bill and like i've got no real job opportunities and i have no more gi bill <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah well well done um well any uh any wisdom or advice for anybody that's like thinking about you know maybe infantry or they're transitioning out and trying to figure out what the next step is yeah i mean i recommend everyone joins i think it's a great experience 
Mm. Um, obviously, I'm going to be like, yo, join the infantry, do cool guy stuff. But <laughs> it's not everything the recruiter hypes it up to be. You know, yeah. there's, there's going to be a lot of cold nights in the field. Um, you're going to sweep parking lots. You're going to clean a lot. Um, you're not going to train as much as you think you will. Mm. Um, but I guess the number one thing you can get out of the military is, you know, those friendships and that brotherhood. Yeah. being able to network. And now I know people in, you know, pretty much every state in yeah. the country. So if I want to vacation in California or Hawaii, like you got a free place to stay. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then transition into, you know, a career field one day, depending on what you do, you know, your network is your net worth. So mm. knowing all these people, whether you're selling products or inventing something or just working for somebody, you know, all these people now and you can network with them 10, 20 years later. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both of those are so true. Like knowing people around the country and around the world is hugely beneficial. I mean, not only for vacations, <laughs> but also for like, hey, you know what? I need to change things up. Like, let me go find a new job, new career somewhere else. Uh, and you've got all these people that you can reach out to and and connect with. Um, and it's like one of those things that's super difficult to like stay in touch with all those people. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you've got like 100 plus friends scattered around the world. And it, it takes, um, you know, consistent practice and discipline to like maintain those relationships. So you're not like knocking on some guy's door 10 years later, like, Hey man, <laughs> you got a couch I can sleep on. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully we got social media now and you can just kind of see all your buddies posts and their stories and catch up with them that way. That does make that easier for sure. For sure. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Sorry about that little glitch there in the middle, but oh, uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, I hope to uh, I hope to connect with you guys down in North Carolina at some point. I've connected with so many of you. Hopefully, at yeah. some point it'll happen. We would love to have you. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Awesome, dude. Thanks so much. Where can uh, Where can people find more about you if they're interested in connecting with you? Maybe buying a house from you in the Bragg area. Yeah, um, you can look at my Instagram, Daniel Doty, and then the number one. So just Daniel Doty one, because I'm number one. Yeah, how it goes. You can find me on Facebook, Daniel Doty. Um, Pretty much everything's Daniel Doty one. Pretty easy to find. Awesome, awesome. No five pillars uh, in the in the handle yet. <laughs> no, not yet. I like <laughs> to keep it a little personal too, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Awesome, man. I like it. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll make sure you that your your Instagram is linked below. No, appreciate it, Jason. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thanks so much. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Dan. If you guys want more information on Dan, you can find his social media link in the description below and definitely reach out to him if you need a house in the Fayetteville, Fort Bragg area. Now you get to take your pick of a bunch of realtors if you're ever looking for a home there. So subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram. Thanks so much. See you guys next week.